the world is watching. The 2021 Solheim Cup has arrived at Inverness Club. And all Andy Alford has your coverage right here on the Anchor Network. Practice rounds begin Tuesday through Friday. Andy will be on the course giving you up-to-the-minute stats, information on the players, and so much more. Competition begins on Saturday. We will be live on the course, giving you all the heart-stopping action as Team USA battles Team Europe to see who will lift the Waterford Trophy. Sunday, we'll have coverage for you, as well as Championship Monday, Labor Day. Will the Cup come back to the United States, or will Team Europe keep its glory? Follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as the Solheim Cup on Twitter, which is Solheim Cup USA. Inverness Club hosts the Solheim Cup 2021. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. We are back after a week off. We are rested, we are recharged, and we are ready to go for a huge, busy week of shows right here on All Andy Alfred. Miggy has hit his 501st home run. But they have fallen to the Jays and today fall to the Twins. They now head and welcome in the Oakland Athletics. The Indians lose two of three to the Boston Red Sox and now head to Kansas City. Here they come. While the Reds lose two of three to the Miami Marlins. But stay in the hunt and stay in the second wildcard position in the National League. While the Mudheads are feeling hot, hot, hot. The preseason is now over. Let us begin the march to Vince Lombardi. And we'll give you who I think is going to lift the trophy this February. And college football is back. Bowling Green has a huge test in front of them. Ohio State battles the Gophers. But it all leads into this weekend at Inverness Club as it is the Solheim Cup. We'll go over the Solheim Cup. We'll get you teed up. We'll get you set. We'll take the drive because it's time for All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go. Jack. That's way back. Put some extra red. 
Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys, and welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alfred. Right here on your exclusive home for me, and that is the Anchor Network. And that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, with Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you listen, wherever, whenever, and however you listen to the show. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me your time and your effort to give to give you the opportunity to listen to what's happening in my life as well as what's happening in the sports world. You can follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So welcome into the show tonight on this Monday night right here on the 30th of August 2021. A lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest on the NHL. Big news coming out today about that. Also, we're going to dive into the college football's realm. Yes, we are back. College football is back. We'll look into the Thursday night games, the big top 25 matchups in Thursday night's game. Programming note, we will have a show Friday for all Andy Alford. We will have a Friday show. We will recap the BGSU big game. We're going to preview it tonight. We're going to hear from Coach Leffler tonight at his press conference this afternoon. We're going to preview the game tonight. Again, as BG travels down to Knoxville to battle Rocky Top in front of 112,000 fans. We'll talk about that. We'll hear from the coach, Coach Leffler, tonight. Also, we're going to dive into the NFL season. Yes. It is time, folks. It is time to hear the predictions, and we're going to give you my take on how the Lions, the Browns, and some other teams are going to fare this upcoming season. Also, a good Andy Brantz tonight. We're going to give a couple of shout-outs and thank yous tonight as well, and we will also dive into the hot, streaking Mud Hens as well, and also the Solheim Cup, which is which is what we're going to lead with here first before we dive into the baseball spectrum. This is a huge week for the show. Um, we have been given access to the Solheim Cup to give you coverage of the Solheim Cup. Uh, it is, for those of you that do not know, this is the Ryder Cup version for the women, for the LPGA. And it will be played at famous Inverness Golf Course on Door Street in Toledo, Ohio, an estimated 100,000 spectators will be going through the turnstiles starting tomorrow morning as players will be beginning their practice rounds and practice before the competition, which is Saturday, Sunday, and Championship Monday. A huge slate of events to get into. We'll dive more into it deeply later on in the show, but I will just say this. If you are wanting tickets for this, get them at SolheimCupUSA.com. Tickets are only available through the online website. They've got daily tickets at the gate. They also have the weekly pass, and the weekly pass is a little expensive for, for my taste, but we will be there covering the big event, this huge major championship event. The world is watching Toledo, and we hope that 
we are going to give you the right coverage. We will be covering the events on Tuesday, starting on our podcast on Wednesday to get you preview for Thursday's events. Thursday's events, a huge event as it is the Celebrity Championship match. We'll dive into that. And then that will get us into Friday, which is, will be our first Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alfred. On Saturday, we will be live at Inverness for the first round and the first matchups of the Solheim Cup. Looking forward to seeing this. You know, I've, I've watched the Ryder Cup many of times on TV. This is the first time I'm actually witnessing something in the same similar front. I'm looking forward to seeing this. This is going to be a fun event. I know this is going to be a fun event. And, you know, the fans will come out for this event. Sunday, we will have coverage after the events of the day. Monday, Championship Monday. We will have a special post-game edition, post-event edition of All Andy Alfred. Recapping the big event from this past weekend. Of the Solheim Cup. We'll recap it from the start and finish. And see who will lift the water for Cro- trophy. That team. U- will it be Team USA regaining the trophy. Or will it be Team Europe. We'll dive into some of the names. That you will see some familiar names. If you are a Marathon Classic listener to us. As well as an Olympic fan. As well. So welcome into the program. And by the way. Got to make mention of this. It was a good vacation. I I, I had a nice week off. It was fantastic. Uh, did some recharging to myself, giving some more zen for these big shows this week. Um, huge week, huge week ahead for us. Uh, got a got a chance to head out to the German American Festival. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight, as well as celebrating my bachelor party, which was absolutely fantastic. We'll dive all into that towards the end of the podcast tonight. But we were going to start off first and foremost with what is happening on the diamond. And when I last left you, Cabrera was going for 500. He did it in Toronto. And the Tigers welcomed in the Toronto Blue Jays for a three-game series in Comerica Park after the Tigers were just up in Toronto. And Miguel Cabrera getting his 500th home run. As a with the with the Detroit Tigers in major in Major League history, so congratulations to Mickey. He has also already hit his 501st home run as he got the job done on Sunday, the 22nd, as they got a big 5-3 win. They took two or three in Toronto this two weekends ago. They split the series against St. Louis on the 24th and 25th. And then this past weekend, Toronto comes a-calling to Comerica Park. And on Friday night, the Tigers getting the better of the Blue Jays by a score of 2-1. to one. Cesaro, the, Cesaro the win. He goes now to 3-4 and four with a 2.72 ERA. Mainza the loss. He goes to 4-2 and two with a 3.76 ERA. Soto the save, his 16th of the season. For the Tigers, it was Victor Reyes. A huge home run, an incredible home run. Victor homering for the Tigers. His fourth home run of the season, and it was an inside-the-park home run. He put the gas on. 
and he wins the game, the own, the powering run, as the Tigers had two runs on seven hits, no errors. Toronto, one hit run on six hits and one error. Reyes, the walk-off, not the walk-off, but the inside-the-park home run helping the cause for the Tigers. On the mound for Detroit in the game, it was Manning on the bump. He went six innings, giving up six hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk and five strikeouts. His ERA a 5.46. For the Jays, it was Mats on the bump. He went six innings strong with four hits, one run. That run was earned two walk, no walks, two strikeouts. His ERA now a 3.81. Miza, the law losing pitcher, he's 4-2 with a 3.78 ERA. He won an inning pitch, two hits, one run. That run was earned, which was the inside the park home run he had. One strikeout. Time of the game, 2 hours, 32 minutes, 17,259 in attendance at Comerica Park. On Saturday, the Tigers falling in extra frames to the Jays by a score of 3-2. to two. Romero, the win, he goes to 6-1 and one with a 2.23 ERA. Funkhauser, the loss, he goes to 6-2 and two with a 2.82 ERA. Kirk homering for the Jays, his fourth of the season for the Tigers on the bump. It was Urrera starting. He went three innings pitch, three hits, no runs, none earned, no walks, two strikeouts. He had an ERA of a 5.96 coming out of the game. Like I said, Funkhauser getting the loss. He won an inning pitch, one hit, run, run. That run was not earned, however. One walk, no strikeouts, and no home runs. For the Jays in the game, it's Mahone starting. He went six and a third, giving up four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, no walks, eight strikeouts. His ERA 3.15 as the both teams, with Kirk being the only home run giving up in the game. The Jays beating the Tigers. Could the Tigers win the series? They could not and fall two of three to the Blue Jays as they fall on Sunday by a score of two to one. In the game, it was Bo Burchette homering his 21st of the season and Smith homering for the Jays his first of the season. As it was Burroughs getting the win, he goes to 9-7 and seven with a 3.53 ERA. Uh, it was Josh Boyd, uh, Matthew Boyd, the loss. Excuse me. He now goes to three and seven with a 3.50 ERA in his last outing. Uh, for Boyd in his last outing in the game, Boyd going strong in the game. Excuse me for the for the Jays in the game on the twenty. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, on the twenty eighth. Excuse me, on the 29th, my apologies here. On the 29th, it was Boyd getting the loss. He goes four innings strong, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, five strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Bouchette, his 21st, and Smith, his first of the season. His ERA a 3.50 for the Jays. It was Burroughs, seven innings pitched, six hits, one run. That run was not even earned. No walks, 11 strikeouts. His ERA a 3.53 ERA as Mazara the win, save his first of the season. So the Tigers falling two or three of the Jays. They did have a makeup game this afternoon as they took on the as they took on the Minnesota Twins and the Twins getting the better of the Tigers in the makeup game today as the Twins beating up on the Tigers three to two. It was Mize the loss. He goes to seven and seven with a three point five nine ERA. Ober the win he goes to two and two with a three point nine eight ERA in this game. 
No home runs hit by either team in this one. Uh, for Casey Mize in his outing today, he went six innings, pitched five hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He get, did give up a home run. My apologies. Did give up a home run to Josh Donaldson. Donaldson, his 21st of the season. Derek Hill homering for the Tigers, his second of the season. As Ober giving up only six innings, pitch five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. No walks, five strikeouts. His ERA at 3.98 ERA as Cologne gets the save, his 10th of the season. So the Tigers falling in the quick game against the Twins. Now they will welcome in the Oakland Athletics for a quick three-game series. It will be Irvin on the bump for Oakland. He's 9-12 with a 3.68 ERA. He'll take on Scoble, who's 8-11 with a 4.01 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one tomorrow evening. It then will be on Wednesday, Peralta on the bump, 3-3 three and three with a 3.63 ERA. He'll take on Kaplan, who is 7-4 with a 3.65 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. The concluding game on Thursday is getaway day. As it will be Manera for the Athletics, who's eight and nine with a three point nine seven ERA. He'll take on Manning, who is three and five with a five point four six ERA. One ten start time for that one. You can watch all the games on Bally Sports Detroit or on NBCS California for your broadcasting pleasure out in Oakland, California. After the series against Oakland. The Tigers will then head to Cincinnati to battle the Reds for a quick three-game series. Then they'll head to Pittsburgh for three before a day off. Then they will battle the Tampa Bay Rays for three at home, two against the Brew Crew, and then four against the Rays before they welcome in the final homestand of the year as they'll battle three against the White Sox, three against the, the Royals, Minnesota, then they head to Minnesota the final weekend, week of September. And they finish up October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd on the south side of Chicago to battle the White Sox. So that the baseball season coming to the end for the Tigers right now. The Tigers not doing so great. We'll look at, their sta- look at the standings here in just a little bit. But let's also talk about the Guardians over on the other side of the lake as they welcomed in the Boston Red Sox for a quick three-game series after they... Took two of three from the Texas Rangers this past week, and then they took they swept the Los Angeles Angels the weekend before. They welcomed in the Boston Red Sox for a three-game series, and the Red Sox getting the better of the Guardians slash Indians on game one of the series by a score of four to three. It was Rodriguez on the win. He goes to ten and seven with the five point one two ERA for the Boston Red Sox. Uh Krenchek getting the loss for the Indians. He's now seven and four with a four point one four ERA. It was Octavio the save his ninth of the season as it was a late home run by by Aruz, his first of the season, getting the win, propelling the Jonathan Aruz getting his first home run of the season as he put a charge into the right field seats and giving the Red Sox the win. Uh, Jose Ramirez homering for the Tribe, his 30th of the season, and Chang homering for the Indians, his 6th of the season. So the the Tribe falling in Game 1 of the series by a score of 4-3. to three. 
For the Indians in the outing, it was Allen, Logan Allen, six innings pitch, one hit, one run. That run was earned, one walk, five strikeouts. He did not give up a home run. His ERA is 7.53. It was Rodriguez the win. He, goes to, he went seven innings strong, eight hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, one walk, two strikeouts. He gave up both home runs to Jose Ramirez and Chang in his outing. Time of the game, two hours, 58 minutes, 20,881 in attendance at Progressive field. Get to game two of the series and in extra frame, the Red Sox getting the better of the Guardians slash Indians. Again, another home run late in the top of the 10th inning, propelling a three-run inning for the for the uh for the Red Sox as it was it was JD Martinez homering deep for the Red Sox, getting his 24th of the season, Carl Schwarber homering his 27th of the season as it was Martinez with his 24th home run propelling the Red Sox to the win 5-3 in extra frame. Vermeer Reyes homering for the Indians his 24th of the season. For the It was Wingard in the loss. He goes to 2-7 and seven with a 4.56 ERA for the Indians. It was Whitlock the win for the Red Sox. He's now 6-2 with a 1.57 ERA. Otavio the save his 10th of the season for the Indians. It was Quintel starting for the Tribe. He went seven innings, six hits, two runs. So those, of those two runs, one was earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Schwarber, his 27th of the season. For the Red Sox in the outing, it was it was Abdaldi starting five and a third inning pitch, six hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. No walks, seven strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Fermil Reyes, his 24th of the season. Otavio, the save, his 10th of the season. So the Indians trying to salvage the series. They do get a big win on Sunday. And it was a controversial win in the in the eighth inning as an interference play helped the Indians get back into the swing of things. Into the swing of things as Oscar Mercado was rounding third base in the eighth inning he got bumped into by the shortstop, and it was called interference, and Marcato was given the plate. It then was Hedges homering in that inning, tying the game at five, and they come back to win it. Hedges started off with a comeback win, and then Rosario, again, like I said, causing the interference play at second. Key base running for him. And they score, and it's six to five in the bottom of the eighth inning, and they win the game seven to five. As it was Shaw getting the win for the tribe. He's now six and six with a 3.30 ERA. Davis Lossi goes to 0 and 2 with a 5.32 ERA. Klaus to save his 19th of the season. Devers having a two home run game for the Red Sox, his 31st and 32nd of the season. Dalblick, his 17th home run of the season for the Red Sox. It was Jose Ramirez for the Indians, his 31st of the season, and Austin Hedges, his 7th of the season, as the Indians getting a 7-5 win overall over the Red Sox and salvaging, the series, salvaging a game of the series, but Boston taking 2 of 3 from the Tribe. On the bump, it was Morgan for the Indians. It was a bullpen game for them. He went 3 innings, 2 hits, Two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk. Three strikeouts. He gave up two home runs to Devers and Dublick. For the Red Sox in his outing, by the way, it was, um, like I said, uh, Morgan 
5.98 ERA. For the Red Sox, it was Horchak starting. He went five and a third innings pitch, one hit, three runs. Those three runs were earned, four walks, three strikeouts. He gave up one home run in his outing yesterday afternoon. Time of the game, by the way, three hours and 22 minutes after a three-hour and 10-minute rain delay. They got the game in. First pitch was at 4.20. It was scheduled to be a 1.10 start time. They started that game three hours and 10 minutes late, 22,883 in attendance at Progressive Field on Sunday, early evening into the evening hours. So now the Indians will now hit the road for three games, uh, excuse me, six games in six days starting tomorrow night as they will head into Kansas City to take on the Royals. Kansas City has not yet named the starter, but the Indians have. It will be Plesak on the bump, 8-4 and four with a 4.68 ERA, 8-10 start time for that one. The Royals and Indians have not yet named starters for the game on Wednesday or Thursday. Then they will head to Boston to battle the Red Sox for three games at Fenway Park before returning home to battle the Twins in a four-game series starting on Labor Day. And then three games against the Milwaukee Brewers before they take a day off on the 13th. Then they'll play three games in two days in Minnesota, the 14th, a doubleheader. Then the Twins again on the 15th before they head to the Bronx to battle the Yankees on the 17th, 18th, and 19th. And then it is, let's see here, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in seven days for the Tribe to end the season as it will be a total of eight games, an eight-game homestand with two doubleheaders between the Royals and the White Sox to end the homestand before they go to Kansas City for three and Texas October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd to end the season. Like I said, baseball season is coming to a close as we're getting closer and closer to the start of the playoff spectrum. Another team that we are, we love to talk about here on All Andy Alford, so the Indians and slash Guardians. I love the Guardians and the Indians. I love the Tigers, but right now, Red Lake Alford is feeling it right now, and the Reds are holding strong. We'll talk about the Reds here in just a second. The world is watching. Team USA battles Team Europe at Inverness Club in Northwest Ohio. And all Andy Alfred has you covered. We will be on the course covering from practice rounds to the championship ceremony that takes place Labor Day weekend in Northwest Ohio. The best golfers from Team USA and the best Europeans head on to Inverness to see who will lift that trophy, that beautiful Waterford Crystal Trophy. We'll be on the course Thursday and Saturday to give you all the stats and as well as on Championship Monday. Get your tickets by going to SolheimCup.com or better yet, just listen to the coverage right here on All Andy Alfred, the Solheim Cup 2021. The world is watching. Yes, indeed, the world is watching as the Solheim Cup begins this upcoming week. 
at Inverness Club. We'll dive more into the Solheim Cup here in just a little bit as you're listening to Ollie and the Elf for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for so much for tuning in. We were talking a little red leg baseball. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds feeling a little cold as of late as they lose two of three to the Miami Marlins this past weekend after losing two of three to the Brewers. That basically told me as a Reds fan that they're not going to win the division, that the best bet now is to go all in for the wild card position, and they have the wild second wild card position. After a four-game sweep of the Marlins, the Marlins come back as they head down to Marlins Park and lose two of three to the Marlins. Unbelievable. But it did start off pretty promising on Friday night as the Reds getting a big 6-0 win over the Marlins. As Wade Miley, a gem of a ball game for him. He gets the win. He goes to 11-4 with a 2.74 ERA. Thompson, the loss. He goes to 2-6 with a 3.16 ERA. It was Tyler Naquin homering for the Reds. His 19th of the season. Moustakas, Mike Moustakas, homering his 6th of the season. As Wade Miley was just dealing in his in his outing. He went knocking down 7 in a row in his outing. On Friday night for Miley, going seven innings, six hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, five strikeouts, but he knocked down seven in a row. His ERA a 2.74. Hoffman came in to pitch two innings, pitch giving up two walks and two strikeouts. It was like I said, Naquin homering his 19th of the season. Mike Mustakis his sixth of the season for the Marlins. It was Thompson getting the loss. He went five innings, pitch. Six hits, five runs, three of which were earned. One walk, one strikeout. He did give up a home run, the Tyler Naquin home run, his 19th of the season. So the Reds getting the upper hand and getting the start in the win of the series, opening of the series by a score of 6 to nothing. The Marlins come back and beat the Reds by a score of 6-1 to one on Saturday afternoon, evening. As the Marlins, a 6-1 win. Alcada, the win. He goes to 8-12 with a 3.27 ERA. It was Gutierrez, the loss. He goes to 9-5 with a 4.03 ERA. The Reds did not homer in the game, but Sanchez homering his fifth of the season for the Reds in, there's out in Gutierrez's outing. He only went three innings, two, seven hits, five runs, five of which were earned, two walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Sanchez, his fifth. Of the season for the Marlins in his outing, it was Alrera going seven innings, pitch six hits, one run. That run was earned, one walk, a total of 12 strikeouts in his outing. No home runs given up. He is ERA now a 3.27. By the way, time of the game, three hours, 10,407 at Marlins Park on Saturday evening. The Marlins. The Reds trying to salvage the series, try to get the big win. They could not get the job done on Sunday as they fall by a score of 2-1. to one. As Wayne Miley, the loss, he goes to 10-5 with a 3.64 ERA. Lorenzo, the win, he goes to 5-7 with a 7.19 ERA. Sanchez getting his second home run of the series, his sixth of the season. And the save goes to the Marlins. It was Florio, his seventh save of the season. As it was Miley on the bump for the Reds. 
He went seven innings pitch, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Sanchez. His ERA now a 3.64. For the Marlins, it was Lorenzo. Six innings pitch, one hit, no runs, none earned. One walk, eight strikeouts. He did not give up a home run. His ERA now a 7.19. So the Reds falling two of three to the Marlins. They now head back to Great America Ballpark. For a big homestand as it will be three games against the Cardinals to start it all off. Tonight's game, a big one, 640 is getting ready to start here in just a little bit. As we're taping the podcast right around 615. It'll be Louis Castillo on the bump, 7-13 and 13 with a 4.29 ERA. He'll take on John Lester. Yes, John Lester. 4-6 and six with a 5.27 ERA, 640 start time for that one. Tuesday's game will be McLeodis for St. Louis. He's 0-1 with a 2.70 ERA. He'll take on Sunday Gray, who is 6-6 with a 3.91 ERA. 6.40 start time for that one. The concluding game of the series is Wednesday. It is a 6.40 start time. It will be Wayne Miley on the bump, 11-4 with a 2.74 ERA. He'll take on Hap, who is 8-6 with a 5.76 ERA. 640 start times you can watch and watch all games on Bally Sports Ohio or Bally Sports Midwest. And the games will also be available Tuesday night on the MLB Network. Big game, big series for the Reds after the series against the Cardinals, which is a big series because both teams are battling for that second wildcard position. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But after the Cardinals, they'll play the, the Tigers for three straight. Then they will head to the north side of Chicago for a big series against the Cubs. And then they will head to St. Louis for a three-game series before they head to Pittsburgh. So nine games on the road coming forward, but they will return back to Great America Ballparks to the 17th, 18th, and 19th to battle the Dodgers for three straight, Pittsburgh for three, Washington for four, and that is the homestand. They will then head to the south side of Chicago to battle the White Sox, and they'll finish up in Pittsburgh. October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd against the Pirates. So that is the roundup for the Reds, Tigers, and Indians. Let's take a look at some news around Major League Baseball, of course. Um, uh, Shohei Otani had a scare the other night. He will not pitch and not make his schedule start on Tuesday against the Yankees after taking a pitch right off his taking a pitch off his right hand on a swing on Saturday's game against the Padres. He's still expected to hit against New York, but he will not pitch on Tuesday. So that's a, something to keep an eye on there. Uh, the big one, of course, the Giants have claimed Cantana off waivers from the Angels. That is a big move right there. Uh, George Springer has made his return from the injured reserve. He's hitting the cover off the ball with the Blue Jays, of course, like I mentioned before. Um, you also have a big one with the big series that's happening over in in Queens. What's happening in Queens? Of course, ba- Baez is the big one. As the Mets, Mets are delivering a message to their fans, and that is stop booing us. Well, if you win games, you wouldn't get booed. They have underachieved. The Mets have underachieved. In the last 12 and a half games in the standings, dropped 12 and a half games in the standings during the first 27 days of August. The fans have increasingly expressed displeasure and booze, and Baez is now 
on Sunday against the Nationals as he was rounding third, headed for home as he stepped on the bases. He looked to the fans and pointed both his hands down to thumbs down. So that is uh, that is not good to see. And uh, ownership has taken liberties of that. They have really hammered hard uh, what they are what they're saying. Uh, so that that that's that's big, that's big right there. That's ballsy too, to say the least. But the standings are going to be interesting, and let's get into it right off the bat. We'll first start with the division series right now. And we'll start with the American League Central. And it, it's pretty much the White Sox division to clinch. Have they clinched? They're 76 and 56 in the top spot. The Indians with their win on Sunday are now 64 and 64. The Tigers lost today. Makes them now 62 and 70. They're 14 games out. The Tribe are now 10 games out of first place. Kansas City, 59 and 71. 16 games out of first place. The Twins are in last spot at 58 and 73 with their win today. They're 17 and a half games out of first place in the American League East. It is the race at 82 and 48. The Yankees are 76 and 54, six games out of first place. The Red Sox are 75 and 57, eight games out of first place. The Blue Jays are 68 and 61, 13 and a half games out of first place. And the Baltimore Orioles are 40 and 89, 41 and a half games out of first place. In the West, it is the Houston Trashros. I mean Astros, 77 and 53, holding the top spot. Is the Oakland Athletics at 72 and 59 as they head into Detroit as they are five and a half games out of first place. Seattle 70 and 61, seven and a half games out of first place. It is the Angels of Anaheim at 64 and 67, 13 and a half games out of first place. And the Texas Rangers holding the final spot at 45 and 85, 32 games out of first place. In the National League, the senior circuit sees in the Central Division the Brew Crew at 79 and 52. The Reds are in second spot. At 71 and 61, eight and a half games out of first place. The Cardinals, 66 and 63, 12 games out of first place. Is then the Cubs at 57 and 75, 22 and a half games out of first place. And the Pirates at 48 and 83, 31 games out of first place. In the East, it is the Atlanta Braves holding the top spot at 70 and 59. Philadelphia, 66 and 64, four and a half games out of first place. The Mets are 63 and 67, seven and a half games out of first place. Washington is 55 and 74, 15 games out of first place. And the Marlins, who have just beaten the Reds two out of three, are now now 55 and 76, 16 games out of first place. In the National League West, San Francisco holding the top spot at 84 and 46. The Dodgers in the second spot at 82 and 49, two and a half games out of first place. Is the Padres at 69 and 62, 15 and a half games out of first place. The Rockies are 60 and 70, 24 games out of first place. And Arizona is in dead last, 41 games out of first place at 44 and 88. The Baltimore Orioles are the worst team in baseball. Second worst are the Atlanta Braves. So we, those are the division leaders. Let's take a look at the wild card. That's where everybody is paying attention to. And we'll start first and foremost with the American League. The top three teams are as follows. It is the Tampa Bay Rays in the first position, Houston in second, and then it is the White Sox in third. The wild card has the Yankees at the top spot, wild card spot, two games up in the wild card spot at 76 and 54. Boston, 75 and 57. 
Oakland on the outside looking in at 72 and 59, two and a half games out of first out of the wild card spot. Seattle 70 and 61, four and a half games out of a wild card spot. Toronto 68 and 61, five and a half games out of a wild card spot, and then Cleveland 64 and 64, nine games out of a wild card spot. Here's the sen- here's the National League, the Senior Circuit. Number one spot will be San Francisco right now if the playoffs start today. Milwaukee would be the second seed. The third seed would be Atlanta. The wild card would be this. The playing game would be between the Dodgers at 82 and 49, 11 and a half games up in the wild card spot. The Reds at 71 and 61, holding the second wild card spot. The Padres are 69 and 62, a game and a half out of a wild card spot. Why did I say St. Louis? The St. Louis series is huge. Here's why: St. Louis is holding these is the behind the Padres right now at 66 and 63. They're three and a half games out of a wild card spot. There, there is a way that St. Louis can get back into it. So can Philadelphia. 66 and 64, four games out of a wild card spot. The Mets 63 and 67, seven games out of a wild card spot. So it's all possible. The Reds have just got to keep winning. And they can't have series losses to St. Louis in two times. Twice. They can't. They absolutely can't. They have to be. And they have the easiest road ahead of them. Like I mentioned before. After this Cardinals series. Three against Detroit. Three against the White, the Cubs. And then they go back to St. Louis. Then three against the Pirates. Three against the Dodgers, three against the Pirates, four against the Nationals. Then they go to the north-south side of Chicago, and then they finish with Pittsburgh again. They have to keep winning. And Votto's got to step up to the plate. India's got to step up to the plate. They all have to step up to the plate. Play this up. They all have to step up to the plate. And if they do, they can make the playoffs. They can absolutely make the playoffs. But we shall see. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into minor league baseball. The the Reds' heat is now powering my way into the Mud Hens. The Mud Hens are feeling red, hot, hot, hot as of late. The Mudhens have been hitting the cover off the baseball ever since they've got the of the three the three amigos of uh, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, and Ryan Kreider. These three kids are just absolutely co- hitting the cover off the ball, and it helps the Mudhens out tremendously as they sweep the St. Paul Saints six games in a row. And let's recap the series for you right here on All Andy Alford as the Mudhens getting a big two nothing win. On Tuesday night, as St. John gets the win, he goes to 4 0 with a 3.15 ERA. Burroughs, the loss, he goes to 2 and 2 with a 4.66 ERA. The uh, Garcia, the save, his first of the season. Eric Haas coming on from Detroit for a rehab assignment, getting his first home run with the Mudhens. As the Mudhens get a 2 0 win Wednesday, they have a huge win 4 2 over St. Paul. As Foley gets to the win, he goes to 1-1 with a 3.94 ERA. Farrell, the loss, he goes to 0-1-1 with a 3.68 ERA. De used to save his third of the season. It was Contreras home run for St. Paul, his 13th of the season. And then Spencer Torkelson gets his first home run as a Toledo Mudhen. He gets 
the call and gets the bomb out into left field. Fan caught that one underneath the scoreboard. His first triple-A home run. Thursday studies the Mudheads winning in extra frames by a score of 98. St. Paul, the loser, goes to Liar, who is 1-4 with a 6.94 ERA. Pinto, the winning, goes to 1-2 with a 5.59 ERA. Island Rodriguez homering his 24th of the season. We get to Friday, the Mudhens, a big win, 11-1 over St. Paul. As Peno, the win, he goes to 3-5 with a 4.57 ERA. Simmons, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 5.86 ERA. Uh, Isel Paredes homering twice, his 6th and 7th of the season. Jacoby Jones, his 7th home run of the season. And Alan Rodriguez getting his 25th home run of the season as the Mudhens getting an 11-1 win on Friday night. Saturday game was an interesting one. It was delayed a little bit because of the rainstorm that we got here in Northwest Ohio. And they went into extra innings. And a new rule came into play that they could not continue the game after 1 a.m. in the morning. So the game was was suspended. They restarted the game Sunday morning in the top half of the 14th inning. And the Mudhens went in the bottom half of the 14th by a score of 10-9. to Vest, the win, he goes to 1-1 one one with a 2.92 ERA. Hamilton, the loss, he goes to 4-3 with a 3.20 ERA. Torkelson getting his second home run of the season with the Mudhens. No home runs hit in the game for St. Paul. And the Sunday game, the concluding nine-inning game, sees the Mudhens winning 9-8 over St. Paul. Blackwood, the win, he goes to 3-0 with a 5.32 ERA. Burroughs, the loss, he now is 2-3 with a 5.98 ERA. No home runs hit for St. Paul. They only had one home run in the whole series against Toledo at Fifth Third Field. Riley Green getting his second home run of the season. Cody Clements, his 13th of the season. Carlton the save, his third of the season. So now, this means a huge series going forward for the Mudhens. It is a six-game, a 12-game road trip. Six big games starting on Tuesday against the Omaha Storm Chasers. Omaha in second, Toledo in first. Omaha has not yet named starters for their for their rotation, but the Mudhens have. Pinto will start in game one of the series tomorrow night, 8.05. He's 8-1 with a 3.88 ERA game two. Sees Logan Shore of the game one of the doubleheader on Wednesday. Shore 4-2 with a 4.06 ERA. Both teams have not yet named starters for game two of the ser- of the of the double dip on Wednesday. Thursday, we'll see Peno on the bump, 3-5 at the 4.57 ERA. On Friday, will be Leiter Jr., 5-3 with a 4.83 ERA. Saturday, we'll see Hutchinson for Toledo. He's 8-3 with a 3.61 ERA. And both teams have not yet named starters for Sunday's game. Uh, Omaha's not yet named starters for their entire series. So now, with that all in mind, here is the updated standings going into this week's play. With Toledo taking six big games over St. Paul, they are now two games up on the Storm Chasers at 59 and 42. Omaha 57 and 44, two games back. St. Paul basically now out of it with Toledo having the six games at hand of them. They're 53 and 49, six and a half games out of first place. Indianapolis 48 and 53, 11 games out. 
Columbus is 47 and 53 and 11 and a half games out. The Iowa Cubs are 42 and 60, 17 and a half games out of first place. The Louisville Bats are 41 and 60, 18 games out of first place. In the AAA Northeast, it is Scranton Wilkesbury in the top spot at 59 and 39. Holding the top spot, Buffalo's in second at 57 and 41, two games out of first place. The Worcester Red Sox are 57 and 40, 54 and 47, six and a half games out of first place. Lehigh Valley's 45 and 55, 15 games out of first place. Rochester 43 and 55, 16 games out of first place. And the Syracuse Mets are 39 and 60, 20 games out of first place. In the southeast bracket, it is Durham at 65 and 36. They have the best record. In all of minor league base, minor league triple A baseball, Gwinnett is at 58 and 44, seven and a half games out. The Fighting Shrimp of Jacksonville are 58 and 44, seven and a half games out. Nashville 55 and 47, ten and a half games out of first place. The Memphis Redbirds are 48 and 54, 17 and a half games out of first place. Norfolk is 40 and 60, 24 and a half games out of first place. And Sir and the Saint, the Chicago White Sox affiliate of the Charlotte Knights are 38 and 63, 27 games out of first place. So you can listen to the Mudhens Storm Chaser series on Fox Sports Radio 12:30. There's also talk of them having those games on BCSN. We don't know that. I'll give you more information as it comes available regarding of that cuz it is a huge series for the Mudhens because of because of what is happening in the division, okay? All right, I will give you what their final stand, what the final, what the final, uh, final regular season, the final schedule for the Mud Hens look like. Okay, here is what the Mud Hens have left to run the table. Okay, as we get into September, they will have Omaha for six. They will then travel to Iowa for six. They will come back home on the 14th of, of September to battle six straight against the Columbus Clippers before going on the road for five straight games against the Louisville Bats. They will then, Wednesday, Thursday, September 29th, 30th, 31st, September 30th, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, finish up with the St. Paul Saints to end the regular season. October 3rd is the final day of the regular season in AAA baseball. Um, we'll look into what the uh, playoff standings are going to look like going forward. Absolutely going forward. So I'll give you some more information about that next week on Friday's edition of All Andy Off of the uh, the uh, Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into it. It's time to hit the gridiron, folks. And we'll start with the pros first. It's time, my friends. It's time to get back to football. The NFL is back. As this is the NFL Prediction Show. Right here on All Andy Alfred. 
We're going to look at the schedules. See what the records are going to be. And you'll hear my prediction on who will lift Vince Lombardi's trophy this coming February. It all starts next. Right here on All Andy Alfred. So you just heard a little bit of a taste of what the NFL prediction show is going to be. That's going to take place tomorrow night right here on All Andy Alfred. Of course, as we're fine-tuning everything, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NFL tomorrow night on All Andy Alfred as a, a special edition of the program as we get you set for the NFL 2021 kickoff which will be taking place next Thursday as it will be Tampa Bay taking on the Dallas Cowboys. A big series going forward. I'm telling you, you know, folks, you know, I've, I'm excited for the NFL to come back. I really am. And to have the fans be in the stands at 100, somewhat at either 100% or 75 to 100% capacity, it is just fantastic. Uh, but we do have some preseason that we had to talk a little bit about of course and that was the Browns the Browns last Sun yesterday evening took on the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday night football as it was Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth back in the booth again as it was it was the Browns getting a 19 to 10 victory over the Atlanta Falcons Baker Mayfield did play a little bit of the game he did go pretty well and as he went 6 for 10 for 113 yards and one TD in his time out there. But Case Keatum, most of the reps, 12 for 19, 109 yards. It was Lueka, 11, uh, 11 for 22 for 150 yards, one TD. He did give up two interceptions in his outing. Of course, Kareem Hunt had two carries for five yards. Uh, on the receiving front, uh, Bradley, three catches, 55 yards. Uh, Davis, five catches, 53 yards, one TD. Hodges. Two catches, 42 yards, two t one TD. Hooper, one catch, 35 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones, one catch, eight yards. For Atlanta, in their outing, Matt Ryan did not play, but Josh Rosen, their new acquisition from Arizona, nine for 18 with one TD. Uh, Franks, five for eight, 66 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. Foreman, four carries, 25 yards. Uh, the only score was from Green. He had three catches. For 58 yards, one TD, and that was from Josh Rosen. Everything else was field goals. Look at the team stats overall. The Browns had 26 first downs to Atlanta's 12. On third down, the Browns were 5 for 12. Atlanta 4 for 12. On fourth down, the Browns were 1 for 3. Atlanta 1 for 4. They The Browns had 443 total yards, 372 through the air, 71 on the ground. For Atlanta, 241 total yards. 161 through the air, 80 on the ground. Penalties, 5 penalties, 45 yards for the Browns. 4 penalties, 70 yards for the Atlanta Falcons. Both teams had two turnovers. The possession arrow went more towards the Browns at 35 minutes and 9 seconds. Atlanta, 24 minutes and 51 seconds. So the Browns getting a 19-10 win. They finished the preseason at 2-1. Did they, did they finish 2-1? Did they finish 2-1? I, I, I think they finished 2-1. Yeah, they finished actually 3-0, my apologies. 3-0 in preseason. So good for the Browns to get a pre uh, a perfect 3-0 record. But however, the Lions, on the other hand, 
not so much. They finished 0-3 in the preseason as they beat the Lions 27-17. But they, unfortunately, the Colts are going to lose Sam Elger to injury in the depth charts of the quarterbacks. Um, for the Colts, it was Elger 3-3 for for 63 yards. Hudley 6-12, for 52 yards, 1 TD, 1 interception. Easton 10 for 14, 74 yards, no TDs, no interception. Jackson, 10 carries, 81 yards, 1 TD. LeMay, 11 carries, 44 yards, no TDs for him. On the receiving end, it was Pat uh, Patmon, 2 catches, 64 yards. Shrekhan, 5 catches, 61 yards, no TDs. It was De Jackson, 1 catch, 3 yards for the TD for the for the uh, for the uh, excuse me for the Colts. For the Lions in their in this game, uh, Blau went the distance. He was 12 for 21, 13 for 21, 117, one interception. Boyle, 7 for 9, 53 yards, one TD. Jefferson, 11 carries, 43 yards. Ijebuke, 7 carries, 25 yards, one TD in the game for him. Uh, Mills, 4 carries, 21 yards. He had no TDs. His best run, his longest run, was 8 yards on the final preseason game for the Lions. On the receiving end, it was Mills, 4 catches, 46 yards. Allison, 2 catches, 25 yards. It was Sepras, 3 catches, 35 yards, 1 TD. The overall team stats looks like this. The Lions had 15 first downs. The Colts, 16. On third down, the Lions were 8 for 16. The Colts 7 for 15. The Lions were 1 for 2 in fourth down completionancy. They had 263 yards of total offense, 151 through the air, 112 on the ground. For the Colts, it was 351 yards of total offense, 186 through the air, 165 on the ground. Penalty minutes for the Lions. They had 6 penalties for 45 yards. Indianapolis, 8 penalties for 50 yards. Lions had two turnovers to Indianapolis's one. Indianapolis led in time of possession, 30 minutes and 35 seconds. The Lions, 29 minutes and 25 seconds. So the Lions finished 0-3. Indianapolis 3-0 in the preseason. So preseason is all done. Week 1 begins on September 9th. Cowboys, Buccaneers, 8-20 on NBC. So we'll cover that for you. Next week, of course, we'll have the NFL Prediction Show tomorrow tomorrow night right here on the All Andy Alford Network. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk about one sport that is going to start on the gridiron this upcoming week, and that is college football. We got a taste of it this past weekend. Let's recap it for you and get you set. For BGSU Falcon Football. My friends, we have waited a long time. Full stands in the crowds. College football is back. And BGSU football is back on the field. BGSU takes on Tennessee this Thursday in Rocky Top. Scott Leffler will come into his another third year coaching. Led by quarterback Matt McDonald. As they will head to 
Rocky Top to battle Tennessee and Milton Pride. Yes, Milton, the quarterback from Michigan, who has transferred to Tennessee to be their head quarterback. We'll battle it out on Thursday, 8.05, kickoff on the SCC Network. Big time for the program, and we'll roll along for the Falcon Friday right here on All Andy Alford as we get you set for this upcoming big week. As the start of the season begins tonight, right here on All Andy Alford, we'll get you previewed here. Matt McDonald will lead that offense after starting all five of BGSU's games in 2021. Some storylines to look at. BG opens with an SEC opponent for the first time since facing the same Tennessee program to open in 2015. BG is 4-8 all-time against current members of the SEC. Three of the four wins have come against Missouri, while other the other win was against Kentucky in 1985. Scott Leffler has coached seven quarterbacks who have played in the NFL. Of those seven quarterbacks have gone on to win a combined nine Super Bowl championships. Brian... Tom Brady with seven, Brian Greasy with one, and Chad Henney with one. BG is welcoming in seven transfers from the Power 5 FBS school this season, which includes Bryce Brand from West Virginia, Davon Ferguson from Kansas, Jaden George from Alabama, Tommy Jajongo from Michigan State, Austin Osborne from Washington, Elise Sad from Minnesota, and Devin Taylor from Virginia Tech. Tennessee won only the previous meeting between Bowling Green and and Tennessee. And Tennessee won 59-30 in a loss at Nas at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Bowling Green lost 59-30 at Nissan Stadium. The only meeting that they had, only previous meeting that they've had. BG had 557 total yards against Tennessee, marking the seventh time in over 15 games spent that the Falcons surpassed over the 500-yard mark in a game. It was Garrick Dieter catching a career-high seven passes for a career-high 133 yards and a TD. Matt Johnson had 424 yards passing with a career-high for him at a time and the eighth-most all-time in school history. Tennessee with against Scott Leffler has faced as an assistant coach, and his teams were 2-1. In 2002, Michigan fell to Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. And in 2009 and 2010, Leffler was with Florida. And the Gators beat Tennessee each year, including a 2010 matchup at Neyland Stadium. This also, this also this Thursday will mark the Mid-American Conference opening up its 75th anniversary of playing football. So there's that connection for you right there. Uh... Like I said, Matt McDonald, the big is the quarterback. He will be the starter for Bowling Green. BG will open its 103rd season of football against Tennessee on Thursday night. The Falcons opened a season again the opened the season against an SEC opponent for the first time since almost facing Tennessee and Nashville LP Stadium to start the 2015 season which led them to go to the Mid-American Conference Championship game in 2015. It will be on the SEC Network with a simulcast on the Watch ESPN app. The kickoff is at 8-10. Now, I'll make mention of this, too. We had a we had a special treat for you tonight on All in the Alford. We do have the presser 
from earlier this afternoon from Scott Leffler. He met with the media, answered some of the questions. Of course, a lot of it from Jordan Strack, which I love. Um, I love Strack. He does. He gets his homework done against Leffler, and he's a big BG guy like I am. So we're going to play for you now the head coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcon football team, Scott Leffler, met with the media today to preview the big Tennessee matchup this upcoming Thursday at Neyland Stadium in Rocky Top. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, just thank you very much for coming. Uh, it's game week. We finally get to play uh, a football game in front of fans. It's going to be uh, super exciting to take a young group down to Knoxville, Tennessee, and have them experience a, a game with, with fans and a real true college experience. I want to say 70% of our roster, this will be the uh, first time they've ever played a college football game with people in the stands, which will be really exciting and outstanding. Uh, before I get going and before I take questions, I'd like to announce our captains. Our special teams captain is James Carolyn. Our defensive captain is Carl Brooks. And our offensive captain is Matt McDonald. Uh, super excited about these three guys. Uh, our team couldn't have chose three better guys, and it's... Uh, it's going to be very exciting to watch uh, these three older guys help uh, lead uh, our young football team and make them uh, improve every week. I guess for me, the first thing when I looked at the depth chart is I saw that Kate Zimmerly is starting at center. What has he done to be able to work himself into that position already? Yeah, Kate's going to be a really good football player. There's no question about it. He is tough. Uh, we saw that in high school. Uh, if he was a couple inches shorter, I don't know if we were going to have the ability to recruit him. Uh, we think he's going to be really good. Uh, he's going to walk for the first time and get to play in front of 110,000 people as a true freshman. Um, he'll, he'll do some good things on, on Thursday night, and there's going to be things that uh, he's going to learn from. Uh, that's going to be the majority of our team right now. Uh, there's going to be some young guys that are going to do some really cool things out there, and there's some guys, the same guys, are going to learn a lot of lessons out there too. Um, what are the the worries about putting a, a freshman in that that position in particular on the offensive line, what are some of the concerns there? Well, I mean, any time that you put a freshman on the offensive line, period, uh, you've got concerns. And uh, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. We're a young young group up front in particular. Um, whenever uh, soup comes in, uh, Coach Campbell came in, and everything really hit me this morning whenever he says Jalen Embry has the most experience at the wide receiver position on our team. And uh, him and Broden, and uh, those are guys that have four years of eligibility left. So um, reality hit, you know, whenever you really look and you go, man, this is a young group. But uh, uh, we did it for a reason. We, we needed to make sure that we had a foundation and a uh, foundation for this program. And I like the guys that we have. They just need to slowly but surely learn and grow up. How ready are your guys just to go hit somebody from another team, and, and how ready are they to be done with camp and get out there and get ready for a game? Well, I think the older guys, in particular, the you know Ferguson's of the world, who's an older guy, Bryce Brand, who's an older guy, they've been around training camp. They've been around what uh, the first game experience is supposed to be. So I think they're really excited. I think we have some young guys right now that are that have some nerves, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, but uh, the older guys that have kind of uh, walked the walk a little bit, uh, they're really excited. I think uh, some of the young guys are, are 
they're going, oh my goodness gracious, my first college game is going to be in, in Knoxville and 110,000 people. But it's like anything else, the, the first couple of plays, they'll, they'll, they'll be out of their minds, and then as the game goes, they'll settle in. What's going oh, to maybe surprise people about this group that we don't know yet? I think, uh, I think there's a bunch of... Uh, youth that does have talent. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see glimmers where you're going to go, wow, they've got a chance to be good. And um, what, what, what's occurred in training camp is really typical. We had some days that were outstanding, and we had some days that weren't so good. And uh, it's the ups and downs right now, and you got so much youth uh, stacking days day to day and having the consistency that you would hope to have uh, isn't occurring right now. So the goal and I said this to many people, the goal is to go out and compete and every single uh, week use these 12 weeks to uh, to get better, to improve, and uh, our team needs it. Uh, Coach, Matt was on somewhat of a pitch count you mentioned over the last few weeks here, but yeah. uh, it seems like he's ready to go for Thursday. Where would you consider him at right now health-wise? Yeah, he's healthy. Um, he's completely healthy. We've just been extremely smart. That's uh it's not an easy injury to overcome, and he has, um, particularly early in camp. Whenever he was fresh, he was uh, lights out, and uh, we kind of backed him off these last couple of days to uh, to get him back to full strength. Uh, looking at the offensive line, too, again, a couple more positions look like they're a little bit unsettled. Kilbane and Van Gorder at right guard. Is that decision could be made closer to Thursday, or what's, who would you say is a clubhouse leader in that? Yeah, we'll make that decision on Thursday. They're still competing. They're, they're both going to play. Just you, you look at up and down the offensive line, and you see so many young guys. What's the first thing when you look? Just you look at it on paper, it's kind of staggering. I think. What's the first thing that kind of jumps out to you when you when you look at that as, as, a, as a former quarterback? Young, 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 and uh, but there is talent there, and uh, you know that's a, that's going to be a work in progress. That's what we said from the beginning, and uh, uh, with time, um, it, it's just like anything in the MAC. The MAC wins whenever you're old, you're experienced, you're strong, you're big, and we're young right now. And uh, it is what it is. And it's uh, we'd much rather do it this way: build the foundation, get a few more older kids here to help them uh, in the following year when we have more initials to to go and get some older kids. But uh, there's some youth out there. I mean, there's some young football players and. Uh, just like I said, you're going to see them do some really good things, and you're going to see them do some freshman things, too. It's going to be – we, we've already anticipated it. Oh, Tennessee named Joe Milton is their starter. Do you go back and watch his Michigan tape, and, and kind of how do you prepare for – Yeah, we've uh, we've watched Joe quite a bit. Uh, we study Michigan quite a bit, as well as we do Ohio State. And uh, I know uh, I'm excited to see Joe go out there and play. I'm really excited for him. Anything else that kind of jumps off the page of you about Tennessee? Um, I think their uh, their offensive system is is awesome. I think they they do a great job. You know the misconception is they throw the ball all over the yard. They really don't. They spread you out and they they run the football and they make you they force you to make tackles in space. Uh, extremely quick, uh, extremely fast. Um, I think uh, 
I think Josh and that crew will uh, get Tennessee back to their standards and expectations. There's no doubt. They're good coaches. It's kind of the same thing with uh, Josh Heifel. You have to go back and watch some of his old teams. Yeah, we did. Yeah, quite a bit. Yep. Any more questions? Good to go. All right. I got one more question. Sure. I might uh, ask. Last year, short season going from that to now a full slate. Where do you feel the conditioning of the team's at? And what has the coaching staff done to get them ready? Yeah, I think uh, we had the ability to uh, to make it through a general normal winter, which was great. Um, spring uh, was slow to, at the end uh, with COVID. We only were able to get through 12 practices. Uh, the summer was uh, fairly uh, unerupted, which is great. But uh, we're going to, uh, with the youth of our team, uh, there's not a minute that we can waste right now with, with strength. And, uh, you know, typically you, you, you work out extremely hard in January, or excuse me, in the wintertime, uh, extremely hard in the spring, really hard in the summer. And then generally speaking, in the, in the fall, you, uh, you back off uh, and you're just trying to maintain strength. We're not going to back off. Um, we have a developmental group that uh, is being trained, uh, not to the extent that you're being trained in the summertime, but much harder than what you're being trained during the season. We, we cannot waste a minute um, on uh, not working on getting stronger because we need it. Whenever you're young, you're generally not strong enough, and uh, we need to get stronger. And uh, we're making an emphasis of it, and that's what we're going to do in the fall. Let's take one question from uh, Zoom. Uh, anyone on Zoom have a question for Coach before we uh, let him go? Yes, I'll, I'll ask Coach a question. Okay, go for it. Hey, Coach, you mentioned Joe Milton at uh, at Michigan. You studied him quite a bit. Uh, and Coach Heifel's offense. Uh, were you kind of surprised to, to see Joe get denied uh, for this game against Bowling Green? I think he's a really good football player, and uh, um, I think he fits well in uh, Josh's system. Uh, he's a big, strong guy that's uh, extremely physical, um, big arm. And uh, I remember watching Joe come out in high school, and uh, I, I think he's really, with age, is uh, really improved. So it's going to be exciting to watch him uh, in this offense. I think he'll do a great job. He's a good kid, and uh, I think he fits well in that system. So you just heard the head coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons, Scott Leffler, naming also the captains of the team. Uh, McDonald getting the offensive captain, not to be surprised, of course. As they were named, cap, the captains were named today. And Carl Brooks also named a captain as well. So it's just it, it, it's just good to see, you know, football is back. And yes, this, this is a surprising stat that he mentioned. 70% of this team will be playing with fans in the stands for the first time. Make mention of that. They're going to have a hundred over 100,000 at Neyland Stadium on Thursday night. It's going to be a big crowd, big crowd. Hope they can handle it. I, 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 I just want it to be a competitive game. I really, really do. Really, really do. So we'll see how that goes. As uh, we're going to dive into the college football spectrum other than Bowling Green. You'll hear the predictions 
here in just a little bit. As, as we get into the college football spectrum, we had week zero that will start which started last this past Saturday, and Nebraska falling to Illinois by a score of 30 to 22. It was Fresno State blanking Yukon 45 to nothing. UCLA a 44 to 10 win over Hawaii. It was UTEP a 30 to 3 win over the Lobos of New Mexico State. And it was San Jose State a winner 45 to 14 over San Jose State. We have one game on Wednesday planned 7:30 kickoff on ESPN. It will be UAB versus Jacksonville State in the Montgomery kickoff. Uh, both teams getting ready to start. UAB 14 and a half point favorite. I'm going to take UAB in the game. So let's talk Thursday, the big kickoff games. We'll start first and foremost, Temple versus Rutgers. 6.30 kickoff on Big Ten Network. I'm going to take Rutgers to beat Temple. Uh, you have a top 25 matchup as the Citadel will take on 22nd ranked Coastal Carolina. 7 o'clock kickoff. I'll take the Coastal, Coastal Carolina in that one. Long Island takes on FIU. 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN3. I will take FIU. Boise State travels down to Orlando to battle the Knights of Central Florida. If this game was played on the blue turf of Boise State. I take the, the Broncos, but it's played in Central Florida in downtown Orlando. I will take the Knights. Western Illinois bat goes to Ball State to battle the Fighting Football Cardinals. I'll take Ball State in that one. Wagner travels to Buffalo. 7 o'clock kickoff. I'll take the Bulls. 24th ranked Utah will head to home to battle Weber State. 7.30 kickoff on the Pac-12 network. I'll take Utah on that one. South Florida battles NC State. 7.30 kickoff on the ACC network. I will take South Florida. Eastern Carolina will take on Appalachia State in the Dukes Mayo Classic at 7.30 on ESPNU. I'm going to take East Carolina to upset Appalachian State. I really do. I think Appalachian State is going to be an upset right there. UCF Davis will take on Tulsa, 7.30 kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. I'll take Tulsa in that one. Western Kentucky battles UT Martin, 8 o'clock kickoff. I will take Western Kentucky. New Mexico, the Lobos. Uh, that's the Lobos, not New Mexico State. My bad. My apologies. We'll take on Houston Baptist. I will take New Mexico for that one. UNLV takes on Eastern Washington. I'll take UNLV. Herm Edwards and the 25th ranked Arizona Sun Devils will take on Southern Utah 10:30 kickoff on Thursday. I'll take you. I'll take Santa, uh, Arizona State, which then leads us to the two games we want to talk about tonight. Fourth ranked Ohio State travels to Minnesota to take on. The Golden Gophers and P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. The continuation of the gravy train that is Ohio State will continue to run wild through Minnesota. I think Minnesota keeps it close in the first half, but I think Ohio State pulls away. I think Ohio State wins there. And so we get to our game, 8 o'clock kickoff on the SEC Network, Tennessee hosting the Bowling Green State University Falcons. Tennessee, a 35-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Inexperienced Bowling Green team, like he said, 70% of the team will be playing their first game in a 
with fans in the stands. I think it's just too much for the Falcons. I think I think Tennessee will win this game, unfortunately. Uh, I just hope that we're competitive. I'd like to see us get at least two to three touchdowns in this game, get our offense building in the right direction. But we'll see. We will absolutely see. Uh, games on Friday to go over as well. 10th-ranked North Carolina battles Virginia Tech. 6 o'clock kickoff. I will take... North Carolina in that one. Duke shit battle Charlotte, 7 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network. I will take Duke. Old Dominion battles Wake Forest, 7 o'clock kick on the ECC Network. I will take the Deacons of Wake Forest. St. Francis, Pennsylvania battles Eastern Michigan and Yip Salani, 7 o'clock kick on ESPN3. I'll take the Eagles of Eastern Michigan. South Dakota battles Kansas, 7 o'clock, excuse me, 8 o'clock kick on the Big 12 Network. I will take Kansas. In that one, a big matchup in the Big Ten. A 9 o'clock kickoff is Michigan State travels to Illinois to battle Northwestern. In the suburbs of Chicago, 9 o'clock kick on ESPN. Give me Michigan State. I think they're better. I think Fat Fitzgerald's club is there, but I think Bryles is a lot better coach right now, especially with how much he's helped out his team over the offseason. Got to give it to him. North Colorado battles Colorado. 9 o'clock kickoff on Pac-12. I will take Colorado. South Dakota State battles Colorado State. I will take South Dakota State. And that will get us to the Saturday games, which we will preview on a Friday's Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Over right here on the Anchor Network. So we'll have that. And we'll recap the BG game against Tennessee tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, but on Third on Friday's edition of All Andy Alford as we get you set for the first Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. And now let's dive in a little bit into some NHL news as well as diving into what's happening over at Inverness Club this week. Couple of news and notes around the ice surface for you tonight. The NHL and the NHLPA have agreed. They, well, along with the OAC, the Olympic Athletic Committee has come to the agreement. They will have the Olympic NHL players will head to Beijing in 2022 to play in the Winter Games. So that is official now. So be prepared for three weeks without NHL hockey for you right there. Um, news and notes around the NHL, other than the Winter uh, Olympics announcement tonight. Uh, any news and notes to pass along to you in the world of the NHL for you? Of course, the sad news of Jimmy Hayes passing away. It's just sad to see that happen. Um, he's a good man. It's just sad to see that man just, you know, cancer getting the better of him and just sorry to see him sorry to see him go you know so our thoughts and prayers are with the Hayes family so no big news happening in the jackets front as well so that is the NHL recap of well as well as got to pass this along to you walleye tickets single game tickets are available now by calling 419-725-WALL we are back to full strength as the walleye is back 
Uh, they will open up their season in November at home. They'll start on the road in October. They'll open up on November 5th with the Kalamazoo Wings. The next night they'll play the Fort Wayne Comets, who are the defending Kelly Cup champions. So there is that for you. As we are now headed into a big weekend at Inverness Club. Yes, it's time to talk a little golf right here on All Andy Alfred. The Inverness Club, a beautiful golf course. An elite crowns that will see the world's best battle it out to see the trophy made by Waterford Crystal. Team USA and Team Europe have invaded Northwest Ohio and it descended on Inverness Club as the 2021 Solheim Cup has arrived here on All Andy Alfred as we are going to give you a little taste of the preview edition right here on All Andy Alfred as we have the list of names Coming in to Toledo, there will be two teams. There will be Team Europe taking on Team USA. And the names on Team USA is a stack list, my friends. But we're going to start with the visitors and the defending champions of the Solheim Cup. And that is Team Europe, led by Captain Emily Penderson. She will be teamed with Georgia Hall and a Northquist. Sophia Popoloff, Charlie Hull, Carolyn Segunda, Mel Reed, as well as Winona McGuire. Some of the players from Europe will have other players as well, too, added to the list. Added to the list. You can find all the lanes of the players, as well as the coaches and alternative captains on our Twitter account, which is at AllAndyElford. For Team USA, it'll be Nellie Corda who is the gold medalist in the 2020 Tokyo Games. She will be playing with Danielle Kang, a reigning Marathon Classic champion winner, as well as a winner of the Drive-On Championship that took place a year ago at Inverness Club. Allie Enwig, as well as Austin Earns, and the favorite, Lexi Thompson, will be on the course at Inverness Club. Her sister, Jessica Corda, Nellie's sister, will be playing as well as Megan Kang and Jennifer Cupcho, as well as Leah Salas as well. It all gets started tomorrow, yes, Tuesday, as practice rounds begin at Inverness Club. Teams will be practicing Tuesday through Friday on the golf course at Inverness Club. If you're headed out there, tweet us at all Andy Alford for where you're, what you're doing and how the greens look and how the course looks. So definitely go out and check it out for us right here on all Andy Alford. Got to make mention of this as well, too. If you're looking for tickets for the, Mar for the Solheim Cup, you will want to visit the website, which is SolheimCupUSA.com for ticket information. By the way, like I said, Tuesday and Friday are the practice rounds. Uh, we will have a special edition of all Andy Elford for you on Thursday night for the preview edition of 
uh, the recap of Tuesday and Wednesday's practices, as well as Thursday's celebrity game that's going to be taking place at Inverness Club as well. They'll have one final practice on Friday. Then, like I said, Saturday starts day one of competition. We will be on the course at Inverness Club. Yes, we will be, as we will be covering the Solheim Cup in day one's coverage. We'll have a special post edition of the show. So we will not be talking college football. There won't be no talk of other sports. It will be solely devoted to the Solheim Cup. We'll also have coverage on Sunday as well of the Solheim Cup as well. And Championship Monday, we will see if Team USA can regain the trophy or will Team Europe take the trophy back and take it back across the seas to see if they can defend it for a third time. Or will Team USA regain the trophy on homeland? He said tickets are available at Solheim Cup USA. They have passes as well as daily tickets as well as the big Meyer Pavilion as well to go over as well. Now remember Friday night the opening ceremonies will be taking place in downtown Toledo alongside with the Gwen Stefani concert that will be taking place that evening as well. So big mention of that as well as finding out tonight that there will be a fireworks show after the concert of Gwen Stefani. It's scheduled to be around 10.30 and that will be, those fireworks will be shot on the river of the Maumee. So there's that for you. There will also be another concert Saturday. Fan Fest will start on Friday night. It will start at 2 o'clock. Come down, support this great game and support golf. As the world is watching us, folks, watching Toledo, the Solheim Cup at Inverness Club, Team USA versus Team Europe. We've been waiting for this. And it's time to hit the links and get ready for a great tournament ahead. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit to the end of our show tonight. And it's time now for Andy Rants. It's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And before we begin, I want to say thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. Tomorrow night, we'll have our special NFL prediction show. Thursday, it will be round practice rounds from Tuesday and Wednesday's coverage of the Solheim Cup, as well as Thursday's coverage. Friday is a Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Elford. We'll recap the BG Tennessee game, as well as previewing the college football weekend ahead as well as we'll dive a little bit into what is happening on the diamond with the Reds battling the Cardinals, the Tigers battling Oakland, as well as the Indians traveling to Kansas City. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also dive in a little bit into the Mud Hens as well, as well as you'll hear a little bit more of the NFL prediction show Saturday. Again, like I mentioned, we will have live coverage of the Solheim Cup Round one action, match play, taking place Saturday. We will be on the course at Inverness Club. Follow us on Twitter for updates. 
We'll have a special poach match edition right here on All Andy Elford on Saturday. Sunday, we'll have another recap. And Monday, Championship Monday, we will recap the entire tournament as a whole. And we will be back to our regular shows on Tuesday and Friday of next week. So there's that for you right there. A little housekeeping for you. So hit the subscribe button. You don't want to miss these week's shows. Big shows. So the show tonight, show tomorrow, show Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's five shows. Oh, my goodness. Five shows. I can't get it better than that. How about a show on Saturday and a show on Sunday? So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Seven days worth of coverage right here on All Andy Alford, whether it be the Solheim Cup, the starting of the Bowling Green football season, college football itself, and the run for the Mud Hens for the playoffs. So there is that for you tonight, of course. I want to thank, first and foremost, this past weekend was a great, the 55th annual German American Festival took place out at Oak Shake Grove, and it was a fantastic weekend. A little hot, you know, it was a little. You know, a little hot, and you know the crowds were a little less on Friday and Sunday, but they were there on Saturday. And I want to thank all of you that came out to support the the great festival that is the German American Fest. I want to thank all the volunteers, all of the staff, as well as all of the the performers, as well as all the stage crews that helped out. Um, you guys made this festival very, very pop, very, very great. Very, very safe as well. So to that, I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to also give a special thank you to Derek and Julie Sudler uh, for you know, allowing me and my, my fiancé to continue our tradition, the fourth year of us working the INS Worst Ein Ward stand, the brat stand right next to the wine garden. Uh Got a chance to meet a lot of people. Got a lot chance to see a lot of familiar faces that I see a lot. It was uh, truly a pleasure to see everybody. And it was a great weekend, of course. Also want to give thanks to all my guys. My batch, my my groomsmen. We had our bachelor party Friday night out at the gaff. Uh, Lucas, Danny, Drake, Roberto. Uh, Lucas, Drake, Danny, Roberto. Yeah, we're all four of them. As well as Mitchell. Lucas's brother, we're all there. We all had a great time. We all had a few drinks. We all got to talk sports. and went out with Danny on Friday afternoon. We played Eagles Landing, played nine holes, match play. Got the better better of them, four up to four down. It was great. Had a great game on Friday. Had a great luncheon with him. It was a great day overall. I enjoyed it. And I want to thank the boys for that. Uh, looking forward to in less than 30 days now getting to say I do to the woman I love, and that is my beautiful fiance Amanda. I love you. If you listen to the podcast, which you do, I love you so much. Uh, so there is that for you guys tonight. So thank you, of course. Also want to, I want to say, of course, remember this week, big week, Solheim Cup happening this upcoming week. Get your tickets, SolheimCupUSA.com. The world is watching us and seeing how we do with this big event. So there's that for you. I want to close tonight with what is happening in this world. Of course, our thoughts and prayers are with those who are battling the hurricanes down in Louisiana. Our thoughts and prayers and our resources are with you and your families. Also, I want to say a special thoughts and prayers 
to those who are battling, who we lost in Afghanistan, the 13 members of the military that we lost in the air, in the in the surprise attack in Afghanistan, as we were pulling out. Our thoughts and prayers are with you and your families, as well, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the members of of the Afghani people that are, look for freedom in this world that we are in today. But our biggest concern right now is COVID-19 as COVID, it, COVID cases in children are raising are going up through the roof. And it's sad to see that. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a parent of a child that is between 12 to 18 years of age, please, please do it for your children. Get them vaccinated get to make them healthy that's all we ask that's all we ask so that we can be mask off instead of ma having to mask up for the Solheim Cup that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elford this Monday evening we will be back tomorrow evening for the NFL prediction show yes the NFL prediction show tomorrow night on all Andy Elford so until I talk to you tomorrow night this is Andy Elford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home and in my teams, go Jackets! Go Falcons! Go Walleye! Go Tigers and go Reds! Let's go Tribe and Guardians! Let's go Hens! And go Team USA! Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow night. NFL preview, pre prediction show. And I'll talk to you on Thursday for Solheim Cup coverage right here on All Andy Alfred. Love you guys. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.